0: Why can't we pull our men
1: up? Don't just write me off based upon my job because it feels that way. If I just get written off, there's no conversation about that.
0: The chances that I have given have not been to the man who is the bus driver to save his money so he can go coach the little league.
1: So why judge me as a person based upon just what I'm doing for income?
0: welcome to season three of single you the podcast that is what your ears have tuned into okay my name is rika i am your host and i am a certified life and success coach that is the hat that I use to execute this podcast but with that said girl I am no expert Mm -mm. while I do take this seriously and I do move with intention I'm not the expert I speak through my lens as a single black woman with no kids who's been through some things okay so welcome to season three now the first two seasons of single you have been about the journey into a toxic abusive relationship whether that been spiritually financially physically or emotionally and then the journey out and into healing we've heard many stories even my own stories and they served a specific purpose and those shows will always be here on this platform but now it's time to pivot it's 2023 i want to go on a journey of proving that a marriage can be healthy people can be happy in a monogamous relationship it just all depends on the truth we tell ourselves And the work that we do. I speak to the black woman of faith who desires marriage, who wants to date with intention. That's who I'm talking to. When I'm speaking, that is who I'm envisioning in my mind. Now, if you don't fit into that box and you think that I'm speaking to you, welcome to Single You, the podcast. Don't turn it off, welcome, okay? Here we go, let's get into the episode. So, um, today's guest is a male and uh, one of my favorite men in the whole world, whole wide world, uh, especially because he's a bison. Jay Hall, it's been on the episode before, or actually been on the show before, Where Are My Words, and we talked about him being a former F-boy. So, what I'll do is, (laughs) in the um, show notes, I will link that so you can go to that episode because Jay Hall got a lot to say, man, a lot to say, and it's not talking out the side of his neck. You know how I do with you and I, right? When we're having these conversations and I bring men to the table, it is men who I, who can like have a well-rounded thought out opinion, doesn't hate women, doesn't hate black women, um, actually loves and adores black women, loves his mom. Uh, Those are the type of men that I like to bring uh, to single you the podcast. And, Today's episode, I feel like it's like battle of the sexes. <laughs> but what is the goal is, the reason why I love having these conversations with men, black men, is I want one day to be able to bridge this gap between black women and black men, because we all we got, right? Um, I am in the statistic of probably not gonna date outside my race. I <laughs> just. I don't know why black women, we need to talk about that soon. Why do we not want to? But I don't want to. My daddy black, I want a black man. Um nothing more beautiful than a black man. And don't let what social media would say, but statistically, also black men are dating and marrying black women. Um, so don't believe what you heard because the statistics and the census tell us we are marrying each other. Um, so that's what I hope these conversations do. And This conversation is a, I don't want to say rebuttal, but more of a commentary on the episode that I had with uh, Dr. Tayari Wilson about, are we dating the bus driver? Um, I'll link that in the show notes as well. And if you are, if you haven't listened to that episode, I would listen to that one first um, so you can understand what I and Dr. Tayari were saying, and then you will understand Jay Hall's rebuttal. (laughs) To what we were saying. Um, and I'm sure he's not going to call it a rebuttal, but you know what? I have said way too much. Let's just bring Day Hall <laughs> to the show. Thank you. Thank you. What's, oh, you're clearing the throat already.
1: <laughs> I can't with you, yo. I can't. I really can't. The setup is so real.
0: What, what what did you not agree with? What? The setup.
1: Oh, he got this rebuttal. I mean, he he got dices. I mean, he got the heat. You know, This is what happens when you watch a Tupac documentary before you get on. <laughs> you already fired up Ready right. to go. And I'm right. sitting here like I'm on I'm in the other room, kind of like, wait, what? So what
0: yeah. yeah, I am a West Coaster. I got my chucks ready. You know what I'm saying? Today was a good day. The Lakers did not beat the supersonics. <laughs> um, <laughs> so. <laughs> um, so Jay Hall, if you don't know, uh of course he went to Howard University. I said that. He is the host of The History of Being Black, the podcast. Um, and you do a whole bunch of other things, including writing. And your writing, I swear, the blog that you just sent me, um and we don't have to get all into it because that's not what this episode is about. But you are going to make that a movie. I'm just gonna put that out there just saying, I see the movie. And I want to be the showrunner. Thank you. Okay.
1: <laughs> Thank it's you for mo- reading. Yes. yeah. Walks and choose bubble gum that's right.
0: Yes. yes. And I'll link your blog and of course, your podcast in the show notes here. So what are we doing today? We're going to have this conversation about dating the bus driver. And you had a lot of things to say about the conversation that I had with Dr. Tayari. Um, and, and not, I don't think it was mean things. You know, I think I'm calling it a rebuttal because I like to be funny. But you actually had some really interesting things to say. And I said, Jay, we've been on the phone for two hours. This is the podcast. Like, I don't, what are we doing? we should have recorded that and just put it up. So before we talk about what Dr. T and I talked about, let's talk about your original thoughts on Ebony K. Williams comment. If he owns the bus. Okay. And so for the purpose of this conversation, first, let's say, do you agree that women that Ebony K. Williams, whoever is allowed to have a preference? Yes or no?
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: Perfect. Okay. And then, the conversation that we are going to discuss is the conversation, the full one, not the viral video, the full conversation between Ebony K. and uh, our auntie Ayama. at least I call her auntie. I don't know if you see her that way, but I do. So let's talk about that full conversation and your original thoughts on Ebony's comment. I would love to know what you thought.
1: Well, like I said before, when you it instantly, when I saw the viral clip, it instantly made me go to the complete video because I'm just a context person before I judge. Right. As far as the entire conversation, I felt as if the viral moment, I feel like the viral moment really made what Dr. Zant was trying to articulate, it got lost in translation of what she was trying to express because in that conversation for what I can recall, you know, Ebony had laid out all these statistics originally to why the income is not even, why the equity is not even, and things of like that. And what I felt as if my interpretation Doctor Von Zant was saying is that if you know all of those things and the car is being stacked, and yet you still are going to hold this high standard of saying, quote, if he owns the bus, that's a problem. Meaning under, you understand the circumstances, you get it, but yet you're still going to add to those circumstances by placing this such high standard. And the standards of Black men are very high when it comes to choosing as a mate. That's what I got from it when you yeah. watch the entire video in context. And I felt mm-hmm. like that got lost in translation.
0: Yes, I can see that. And I do know that I said in the conversation between Dr. Tayari and I um, that there is a lane that. We could have discussed is okay, is she gonna get this one percent? Right? If all of these statistics are stacked against against us, are you going to get that one percent? That's something that she is gonna have to decide for herself because reality is, yeah, we can look at the numbers, but it may happen. Some people do, <laughs> you know. Um, I would never be able to tell somebody, girl, because of those numbers, you are never going to get that Justin Bieber said never say never
1: <laughs> yeah i mean we don't tell we don't we we tell these kids all the time about how it's less than a certain percentage you're going to be in the nba but yet we still enroll them in basketball we still cheer for their high school games so yeah you are going for a one percent i mean personally i just thought that everybody should just say i want a rich man who happens to be black i still would have been fine with that you know, yeah. <laughs> me yeah. personally, I I still would have been fine with that. You want a rich man that wants to be black, and if you dealt with enough layoffs and enough um, financial situation, we all want a rich man who happens to be black. So I, I'm not knocking her for that. You know, even with that, I think the problem out of come is in the rebuttal of trying to disguise it as something that it wasn't. But yeah, if you're gonna dip from that one percent, you're gonna have to know that the 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 pickings are slim. But there's always going to be a consequence when you have when you make a choice and when it comes to your partnering and how you choose, there's always going to be a consequence.
0: Right. Right. So, um, but she did let Ebony know that, okay, so you want this, but you just listed off all these statistics and who we are in the culture as black women today, we seem to be a little bit more up right now. So who we are looking for is not going to be, um, as high as we are, like getting the degrees and having the jobs and making over six figures and what have you. And so as a black man, though, when you hear that, do you agree? Like, dang, yeah, we are. I I hate using the word below or, you know, whatever, but just for the purpose of this conversation, if they're saying we're above and we're up and black women are just exceeding in all of these categories that black men aren't. Do you agree with that? Do you see that? Do you feel like that when you're walking around in these streets like, dang, every black woman is just above me or better than me or whatever? Like, what are your thoughts on that actual statement?
1: Uh, I personally don't give a damn about black women being up. I I like it. You know, I don't I don't care about that. (laughs) That's not that's not what I personally care about. My ego isn't triggered by that. My ego is triggered by other things. What I probably get upset about is with anybody but definitely it hurts coming from, you know, your partner is when it's looked upon as if I'm not trying. Because the attitude can come across as if I'm comfortable in my circumstance. And that's not the case. I'm trying to get to this level just like you. I'm trying to get there. You know, for me personally, as in Jay Hall and a couple of other brothers, I know when the effort isn't being at least just acknowledged, I'm not talking about being coddled. I'm not talking about a data boy. But if, you're going to, if your commentary is going to be in a sense of I'm just settling and being mediocre, that's the part that gets upset because I can, quote unquote, be driving this bus using that money for somewhere else. You're, you're not reading past the title. We get on people all the time in this age of misinformation about if everyone reads the shade room title, but no one wants to read the actual article. You and I went and watched the actual video Absolutely. And not and not just the viral moment. So why judge me as a person based upon just what I'm doing for income?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Have a more, have more of an in-depth conversation. Now, if you wanna ask me my plans, what am I doing? And then that doesn't intrigue you, okay, fine. But don't, I think with a lot of the voices that from the brothers I talked to and when I was reading, don't just write me off based upon my job because it feels that way. It feels that if I step into the room and I'm just a bus driver, I'm a manager at the grocery store, I just get written off. There's no conversation about that. you know. Or the standard is so high. Well, he needs to be a manager. He needs to be trying to climb up. What if I'm not trying to climb up if I'm a manager to the grocery store? Maybe, what if my goal is to use the money that I got to fund kids' baseball games over here or to do... Yeah. What, what if I'm in real estate? What if I'm only really just working this job just to get paid? Because we keep forgetting we are really still in the first generation... Of having this privilege to be, I I, I really want to work this job because it's what I love. It's really my passion. We only got to talk to one generation behind us, our parents, yeah. and they still looking at us somewhat crazy. Of yeah. what what you mean? You got to love your job. Work is work. Yeah. You understand? So that's the part that I feel. I I, I feel you know a little bit kind of you know put down on if I meet a woman and that's her attitude towards me. And I think that's what a lot of the brothers I've talked to. That's what the anger they have represented too
0: okay two thoughts that i had when you were saying that is one just two two, uh well three because then i have other questions but just thoughts on what you just said um is one i hope that in these streets you are not meeting women who are like oh my god you only host the history of being black podcast i'm out you don't own the podcast whatever i'm out I hope you don't hear that whether or not she decides that she doesn't want to participate. Okay. Everybody's allowed to do that. But I hope that is not the energy a woman is putting towards you because I can say, and you've heard me say this, um, I've given all the chances. <laughs> so <laughs> I've given chances. You're your you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, obviously with the reason of, if I felt that he at least, reached a little bit of the bar and, and I'm not finding the chances that I have given have not been to the man who is the bus driver to save his money so he can go coach the little league baseball team. That is not who I'm finding. Um I am finding uh men that are in those positions who I have had to, it felt like, I don't want to say had to, didn't nobody put a gun in my head, but Felt like I need to give him this money. Here you go. You know what I mean? I have episodes upon episodes on Single You The Podcast talking about my $10,000 boyfriend. Literally had a boyfriend who cost me $10,000. I can track it. I'll show you the receipts. And I think we've had this conversation. You've actually met him. Um, (laughs) And, um, (laughs) you know, I've gotten every penny back, but I had to threaten that I was going to call his mom. So I'm not finding those men which then leads me to when i said on the conversation i had with dr tayari so if we're lit right now if we're up why can't we pull our men up like why can't we want better for you and i'll put this in quotes because it's subjective better for you and you had a rebuttal <laughs> which i i did I liked, um, and then we had more conversation off of that. But do you remember what you said when you were like, Okay, well, why can't you pull us up? It is because of X, Y, and Z.
1: Yes. So please let me respond to the first thought that you had about okay. man, it almost lost me just there. What did you just say? Oh, um, oh, see, oh, oh, no. oh, am I am I meeting someone like that? So yeah. so let me tell you right now, as far as where I am right now in my life if you tell me you want to date superman who wear nike boots i'm okay with that that's your thing right but if you want to talk about in my journey of dating and being in relationships from a personal span i did have someone who didn't necessarily dismiss me for being a writer but their reasoning verbally they expressed was because i wasn't a corporate person she kept stating well you know i date corporate guys Like you know, I did corporate guys. Yeah, yeah, that's and that's what you want, right? And I and I and my thing is what I used to do back then was always trying because listen, I you know, we work in multimedia, some people it's appealing, some people they look at it like it's something you do for play. So the attitude of that, my response, I used to try to convince someone why what I do have value. And what I failed to realize is that there are people in this world who have a fixed idea on how they feel. And this is what they want. And they've been chasing what they want for a long time. And I've come to terms and peace of It's just have at it. You know, I really do hope that's what you get. You know, you want the you want the corporate guy, because you can be corporate and make $13 an hour at Bank, Bank of America's corporate, right? But whatever the situation may be, that's your appeal, have at it. So yes, I have experienced that. And I know other brothers who have experienced that also too.
0: Okay. And I just want to pause before you answer my, can we pull you up question is okay. So I'm glad you said that. Cause I was going to ask you, do you internalize that? Um, and you know, I've been told it. It sounds like you don't now, and maybe you did in the past. So I'm really happy you don't because <laughs> who you are is dope. Um, and we're all dope, right? Like in our own lane and our own reasons, um, and Dr. Tayari, again, she's a um, a uh, uh, licensed uh, mental health counselor. And in that episode, she was like, you know, we can't be so offended or internalizing somebody's fruit inspection uh, of us. So the Bible talks about, you know, you will know my people uh, by their fruit. And so we are supposed to be doing that and, fi- and also being um, finding somebody that we're equally yoked with. So. Again, we agreed that preferences, preferences is, preferences <laughs> are okay. But I like your saying um, when we were talking about how we just need to be a little bit more gentle with each other. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah, well, we do. I mean, if you really think about it, life is honestly a series of relationships. You know, I know that when we first fall in love, or every time we fall in love, we like this is it, whether we get married or not. But listen, it's I used married. to, yeah. right? I used to be a youth counselor. At one point, I remember I was a counselor for um, an older home. And when you talk to people who are in their 90s and 80s, and they've been married like three times, some of them gave me responses like, "Oh, I loved all three of my wives. Like they just outlived their, their partner. My grandmother outlived three men. She loved all three of them, including my grandfather." So, life is a series of relationships until you don't live on this planet anymore. You know, it is your choice. But we look at everything so final and we're so nasty with each other. The way we say things to each other, we're so dismissive. You know, when things don't work out, when you really think about it, there's no reason to just have an experience of somebody with sexual or just dating and simply just saying, you know, I don't want to continue this no more. The one thing I give that young lady props who told me that. She, did, she wanted to see uh, a corporate brother. She told me. At the end of the day, she said it to my face. I didn't have to find out. She didn't ignore my cause and none of that. It was a statement that she said. That was cool. You can look at that as it was rough. I, I took it for what it was at the time. But at the end of the day, it was cool. And yo, really, God bless that, you know, that woman. I really do hope that's what you get. You, well, you should always get what you ordered on the menu. But we're not. We're, yeah, we, say mean, yeah, we say mean things to each other. We internalize it. We get upset. We get angry. There are brothers that are walking around still heartbroken from the girl that turned them down in middle school. Like, son, get over it. Like, get work through it. Go do what you got to do. Yeah. It was middle school. None yeah. of us knew yeah. what we wanted in middle school. You know, but there are brothers that are still walking around with that animosity and they're making every woman pay because of how somebody played them in middle school. And it's like, yo, I get it. You were hurt. But man, you got to work through that. You know? So, yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, that's definitely a Drake lyric, too.
1: Damn, just turn on the news and seeing that man who never got in school and making laws about what women could do. I gotta protect you. I'm a made man tied in all the way, baby. So, I gotta respect you. Yeah, so
0: I love what you said. Like, everybody should get what they order on the menu. But again, that comes with our growth, our journey, our healing process, um, the work that we're doing on ourselves to get to a place where you don't internalize somebody's truth. And what I will say is I wish, I think I, maybe we had this conversation, but I feel like I've never gotten any feedback from men about what was quote unquote wrong with me for the reason why we didn't work out. It was, it was always just, you are too much, um, you, one was, I'm still in love with my ex, but he still said, but you have two together. That was my $10,000 boyfriend. I have a two together. So, cause you mad? Cause I gave you $10,000. Like, like it was, it's wild. But so, so I love the honesty and I know we got to get to the, why can't we pull our man up thing? But I will say this, if you want to share this, cause I thought it was funny. Speaking of honesty, you said the most honest relationships, even though they may have been toxic and it's like, you don't want that no more. But the most honest relationships you have were the hood.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to lie. You know, when me was talking that day, I was saying, yo, this is sometimes why I miss back, you know, on the block. Because I have to tell you, when I wasn't living such a righteous life, it wasn't even no such thing as just dating. We was all just kicking it or whatever. And I told you that I had met a woman and the first day me and her went out, oh, we was kicking it. Like, I, I got her number on a Saturday. We linked, we linked up on Wednesday. And we got the kissing. And I remember she paused and she grabbed my neck and she looked at me in my eye. And she said, Jay, if you play me, I will fuck you up. And I said, OK, because she had my throat, you know. <laughs> and so we continued to do what we do. And I, I, I mean, but I got that. It was such a raw thing. And sometimes I miss that because to be honest with you, I didn't have to really deal with a lot of the politics in the gray area as much until I went off to college, got older, lived in DC, lived in New York, and then all these gender wars and culture wars started happening. You know, I didn't know anything about all this, you know, what my role was as a man. It was just, yo, this is what you do, and this is what you this is how you move. And people had the day that dealt with you or they didn't. I don't know what happened I, I turned the page one day and all of a sudden, it became this where if you're a man you're going to be the one who's going to call me and call me all the time and i'm not going to call you back until i decide if i like you and i'm like i mean this is coming from home girls who tell me this and i say to them well man how's he i mean even Hansel and gretel needed rose petals like needed breadcrumbs. how's he gonna know that you like him if you don't give him anything <laughs> that, and, and i and i kept hearing this whole was well, a man you're supposed to know where is this coming from? You know, I I didn't know if there was a meeting and I just wasn't invited to it or not. But yeah, back on the block, it felt it felt a lot more simpler. Now you can mm-hmm. add that to this was pre-therapy, pre-growth. And you know, we were all hiding our traumas, but I'm only speaking from that one area where things mm-hmm. were smooth. That's all.
0: And that just makes me sad. That I mean, maybe not sad, but I think it's um just a little food for thought for you listening to this episode about you know how can jay hall sit here and say that when he was on the block the hood chicks were more honest than we are i don't cuz i'm def, i'm not a hood chick by any means you have never heard me say that i tell you I'm from kent washington seattle especially when i was in Howard, cuz y'all didn't know what kent was but i'm a, i'm i'm a suburban Kid, the only hood that I saw was on BET. <laughs> like oh, when I was watching, like I, you know oh, what I mean. God. So like that just, uh, you know, it's just a food for thought. Like, dang, you know, we need to be. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Poor BET just took a shot just for no reason, <laughs> just for no reason. They came such a long way. But go
0: this ahead. This the '90s. This I'm is 90s about BET, BET Uncut. Got you, yes, got you. this is '90s BET. You know what I, I, I mean? No when candy. I was watching Boys in a Hood and all of that, I, I didn't that that life. I did not. I was like, this is who's who's who is this happening to? <laughs> because- What me? Um, But I also had a very different upbringing than my cousins in those hoods in California. Pastor Darius Daniels has this saying, he actually just said, it. I think in this past sermon um, that I was listening to about, he prays that we do find somebody that we could be that honest with about saying, when you did this to me, I was pissed because, and just saying it as raw as possible because we have to get it out. Then we can talk about it. Like, that's even what therapy is. Like, let me, I just got to say these things. I got to get it out. Like, just being able to do that and then moving
2: forward in the relationship from there. He needed a replenishment strategy. She also needed, she had this, relationships with Job. When I say Job, not intimately, but do you have a Job in your life? Because I don't know how many people would have heard what she said and stayed with her. Because he heard him when he was down, but he got double for his trouble. Because when some people come up, they dip out. You need people in your life. When they come up, they don't dip out. You know why he stayed? Because he would not define the totality of their relationship by a statement. He wouldn't determine, he decided I'm not gonna determine how good this book is with a bad chapter. And I'm gonna tell you when you got inner circle relationships is when people can handle you at your best and not fumble you when you're at your worst. Some of you have nobody in your life you feel safe enough To be emotionally real with did you hear what I just said God give me a job so that when I have these pressure moments I ain't even got time to deal with this Todd ain't got time this this the the, the book of Psalms is David David's called a man after God's own heart God talks about the purity of his heart his heart's pure because it's empty Y'all missed it. The whole, when you're reading the Psalms, part of what you're reading is a diary. You're reading David say stuff like, if I had wings like a dove, I'd fly away. I'd leave everybody. you reading David. If I read to you some of the stuff David was putting in the diary in Psalms, you wouldn't believe it was in the Bible. I can show you in Psalms 103 where David prayed for his enemy's kids to be fatherless. you see him saying all these unfiltered things because he felt safe with God and I can tell how safe you feel with the father by how vulnerable you are with him how you got a filter with the father and he would empty his heart, but then you'd see something in Psalms called Selah, which is a musical interlude. It's a period of reflection, and you'll see him. He'll see him saying, uh, "My enemies are getting the best of me. I can't stop this. I hate this." Then Selah, and then after the Selah, you see a shift in his tone. But Thou, O Lord, art a shield for me. You're my glory and the lifter of my head. Because once you get the poison out, God can put the word in. Once you empty your heart of the wrong thing, God can fill it with. the the right thing, but you need a safe place. I'm done. We gotta go. You don't have a job to get it out, cause that frustration you feeling ain't evil. It's human. You human. You hurt. You wore out. You got betrayed. How are you supposed to feel happy? Even Jesus didn't want people around who betrayed. He told Judas, "Whatever you're gonna do, do it quickly. Stop, stop playing. Go ahead and do it. You human. Where are you getting this stuff out?" Where's your job where you can say, I'm not quitting, but I need, I need to say I want to. Let me go over here. Where's your job where you can say, I'm not leaving, but I need to say I feel like it. And I need what I say in this moment, not to be held over my head in the future. I need to be able to get this out of me so the right thing can get on the inside of me.
0: Now, of course... You know, we have to respect each other can't be cussing people out or whatever, but just the raw, honest um, truth, you know. Uh, and that's what I wish for both of us in our next relationships and for you listening as well. So let's finally get to your answer, your rebuttal. <laughs> that was a long <laughs> route. Right. Listen, you listening, I just want you to know that this is this is how Rika and Jay Hall talk on the phone. <laughs> on the phone for three hours. Talk about we go from X to T, and S back to A, whatever. So, why can't we raise our man up?
1: So I read this stat before I got on that said the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics in June 2020 said that the average Black man's salary weekly is 800. And twenty eight dollars, and annually forty three thousand. Now they even broke it down from thirty to thirty nine. If you're white and Hispanic, you're making fifty seven thousand annually. If you're black, thirty to thirty nine, you're making thirty four thousand annually. Forty to forty nine, sixty eight thousand. If you're a white man, forty seven thousand and nine hundred dollars. If you're black, not Hispanic, that's forty to forty nine. Now somebody got to pull somebody up when you read that it's just it's right there you know personally i have got here as far as i've come in my life because black women have pulled me up even my exes have pulled me up we didn't make it our relationship is no more but i don't have anything negative to say about the ones in my adult in my adult adult relationships. I have nothing but positive things. I mean, once you get past the understanding and once you get past the grieving process and everything else, for me and my journey, I look back, I was very blessed to have the relationships I had that I had because there was something I gained from each one. They gave me a gift each time and elevated me. As far as the pull-up part, you know, I think when it comes to that, that's cool. I think what happens is, is that people get lost in conversations because they're very fixed on their idea of how something's supposed to be. That's like, if I come into your house, Rika, and I just start seeing all this stuff and I just start grabbing broom and sweeping and this and this, and you like, whoa, 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 you ain't even, you ain't even sat down. Let me tell you how my house is done first then after we get to know each other, you can bring in your little add-ins and things of like that nature. You know, I just come in on something like, hey, I can fix this and I can fix that. And you like, hey, hey, wait, wait, wait. I actually got a lawsuit going on my apartment. They're about to pay for it. We are fine over here. Have a seat. But whatever the situation is, what happens is, is that if you come in and you just assume that my down is a down that I'm comfortable with. And that's the part that I'm talking about. I'm not talking about those who are down and you know they're comfortable where they at you know to what dr Von Zat said the ones that just cool with smoking weed and playing playstation or borrow money from you or whatever the case may be i'm not talking about them but there are some real brothers out there that are trying every day based upon the circumstances and the cars they was given you know my story we can talk about that later but just the fact that i even was able to go to howard was almost Every single circumstance was against me. I was, I was part of that 1% just for me to show up on campus. Then it took a whole other whatever circumstance just for me to graduate, right? So I've been behind and trying to pull myself up, doing what I'm doing my all of my life or whatever where I had to show up to. I'm only talking about when that part is not being respected. And I think that part is not being respected because men, no one wants to look at a man in a sense as a human being. They want to look at them as because men are looked upon as providers and protectors, they're reduced to that, that humanity is taken from them. Now, a large part of that has to do with the men themselves, because patriarchy has we have prided ourselves in being this provider and protector. And we stated to the world and we ran the world based upon that. That's all we had to do. So now that we're having these breakdowns and our suicide rate is going up, now we're asking for humanity. But we spent thousands and thousands of years conditioning everyone that we didn't need the same humanity as women. That only women need that sensitivity and need that, you know, that we only need it to quote you, watching Boys in the Hood when Ricky got shot. And if Ricky ain't got shot, we don't need it. But come to find out, we need it just as much as women, if not more. Okay? We need that understanding. We need that patience. We need all of that in order for us just to be able to get along. So, me personally, when you look at this. The stats, and you see that we're not even nowhere near with a degree or not a degree making nowhere the income, the amount. You're gonna to have to have an understanding that there's gonna be a pull-up in there. Somebody's gonna to have to have it. Now, listen, if as a woman again, if you don't feel you want to do that, then shout out to you. But don't tell me that what I'm doing is mediocre or it's just nothing. If I'm try, if I'm if I'm trying to get there. Now you can say that if I don't care. If I'm if I got a hump shoulder attitude, you're right. He's chill. And you shouldn't accept that. But if he's getting up every day, every morning to crack a done, he's working two or three jobs and doing all those things, don't say that. You ain't got to deal with it. But don't that, don't please, I'm asking to not dismiss that man mm-hmm. like he's just being, you know, like he just down.
0: Yeah. And I know when we were talking, um, I love how you summarized that with, you know, you come into my house and you start changing things. And I remember you said to me, it's like you you haven't even asked us. Are black women even asking men, black men, where do you need me? Like, what help do you need for me? Do you need help? What are you working on? Um, And I am very guilty of that. Uh, You know, the ten thousand dollar boyfriend, Since I keep bringing him up. I offered that. I did he didn't ask, but at that time I felt like, oh, well, he's moving to Seattle for me. So I guess this is what I need to do. Um, and I was trying to be like the team player and the Bonnie and Clyde and, and, and you know, ride or die or what have you. So I do like that you you gave me that piece because now it's like moving forward. Um, it is about asking you, so how do you like your house? Are you, you good with this? Are you, you know, and just asking more questions so I can see where I do quote unquote fit in as you should be asking me questions as well. Right. So how are we going to build this thing? How are we going to be um, equally yoked? Right. So there's that piece. And now I have another thought. I feel like I'm in a place where, because I know trauma exists because I know the statistics for black men, because, um, uh, Twitch, uh, unfortunately he committed uh suicide. I'm worried about y'all. So I feel like I'm walking on eggshells. Like, I don't even know if you notice this even between me and you when like, okay. So for instance, I was going to ask you something about your blog, your story about coming to Howard and how you got here and, um, you know, the breaking down uh, situation with your uncle. And I just was like, I was so afraid to ask you, so were you scared? Like I I had to say, okay, I don't want you to like take this the wrong way or, you know, whatever, because I just, it's like, I am trying to be careful with you guys. And I feel like it's making me be way too walking on eggshells because I know all of these things and I want you to survive this. I don't want to be, um a trigger to that trauma. Um and I also don't know how much work other men have done. I, I think I've you know I've gotten a good hold of how much work you're doing and I love it and it's great and it's beautiful. But um yeah.
1: Yeah I mean you and I had that conversation and I had looked up another stat from Minority Health HH government when it said the death rate for suicide for black men was four times greater than for black women in 2018. And I just in 2018, I, when you hear things of that, and I've been public about my battle with suicide from a young to growing up, I wanna be clear, I'm not pretending as if men have always still, you know, openly had this open door policy that you can ask questions and all that. I'm very much so aware, when I talk to some of my homegirls, I talk to you, Shout out to Cameo, shout out to my homegirl who probably don't want me to say her name and I'm not. But yeah, there are a lot of women I know who are who are asking those questions and they're being kind and they're being gentle and dudes are just being a-holes to them. They're being very prideful to that. you know. And it's because when you reduce yourself to just being a protector and a provider and you're trying to fit into this idea, this very small idea of what a man is, we are suffering because of that. That's been my whole thing as being a culture critic from the jump. It's not so much just about being an ally for Black women, but I'm also advocating of being an ally for my brothers because we are suffering. We're not just suffering because we're working hard. We're not just having heart attacks because we're working hard. We're all trying to fit into this idea of what this manhood thing is supposed to be instead of trying to explore the man that we want to be. I have no interest. When you start with me by having, and you know me, Regna, when we start having conversations, what's the first thing I, I try to be very clear on? I do not like generalizing by no, no means. You don't. I, yeah. I, 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 and I try to carry that no matter how much sometimes things repeatedly happen to me. I try to start from zero with each individual, you know, but I'm not going to play blind. I'm not going to pretend like brothers are out there, you know, being the most open. Because, listen, a lot of us aren't doing it with each other. When I was going through hell, it wasn't a lot of men in my circle who was reaching out to me, being there and comforting to me. They wasn't. They would hit me with the, yo, you all right? All right, let me know if you need me. And then deuces. And I'm sitting there like, yo, bro, I just told you I'm having a crisis. Do I need to keep articulating the crisis? No, I don't want to go to the strip club, but there is something going on with me. So we're, not, we're barely doing that with each other. But yes, there needs to be questions asked. It does need to be gentle because that warmth for me from a black woman is one of the greatest warmth, warmth you can get. You can receive. Yay. It Don't is, it is <laughs> like second to your mother or whatever. It is one of the greatest warmth you can receive is when a black woman is in. It's asking those questions and it's sincere and it's genuine and you feel it when you're there and you arrive there. And that's why, despite the fact that any relationship I had, we broken up, I can't take that from them. You know, we we our relationship might end. Maybe that's just what the plan is. But I can't take that from them because there was a moment where they gave me that. And the fact that I got that, it lets me know that it exists.
0: Yeah. And there's a a, speaking of cameo friend to the show, uh, my sister, another bison. um, She uh, had a conversation with you uh, because I I remember you had tweeted the um, you know, when when your friends, women we would tell you these situations we were in with men. You used to be like, oh, that sucks. And now you're like, oh, that sucks for us. Explain that quote that you say now, because because I love it. And we don't have to go all into it, because what I can do is link the episode you had with Cameo. Yeah. But I love that you say that.
1: Yeah. It, the quote was, I, told, I was talking to one of my friends, and she was telling me about this F boy she was dealing with. And I'm, I used to, whenever my homegirls would tell me about dealing with an F-boy, I used to just be on some, man, that's messed up. Man, I hate that you're going through that. But now I understand it sucks for us because in some of the relationships I had, let's just speak plainly. It was kind of like you, Rika, is you gave a gentleman 10000 And listen, I don't know the complete story. Of that, But what I know is $10,000 is not something you can just wake up in and disappear. You don't need it, right? I don't know what your bank account looks like, but the fact that you have mentioned $10,000 multiple times, that means that you felt that $10,000, right? But here's the thing. What if you come across the next man who genuinely needs assistance financially? You might still be traumatized based upon the $10,000 guy. This might be the guy who just needs just that from you, right? And he's not even begging for it, asking for it. You actually been there in that journey and you see how he got to this point. You know, you you actually witnessed it. You didn't arrive and he was in debt. You actually witnessed these things happen and all he needs is X, Y, Z and you actually have it. But you might be reluctant to do it based upon your past circumstances, your trauma. That's the part why I say it sucks for us. Because mm-hmm. At first, I used to be so fixed on when I'm talking to a woman was, I didn't do this to you. Mm-hmm. You know, screaming at the top of my lungs. I'm not such as such. That's not who I am. And then I had to calm down and realize it's not about if it's me. These gentlemen talk just as smooth as me. They talk just as cool as me. They started off very innocent like me. And then they looked up and then on a sudden they, they itched on the girl. You know what I mean? Or- yeah. Yep. Let's not even, I don't even want to say they probably. It's her. Things didn't work out, and she's still traumatized from it. So mm-hmm. I get it. You know, I, 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 I get it now that it's effed up for us. Because if I meet you and you're dealing with a whole bunch of stuff and you haven't healed from it, you can be in therapy and getting all the self work you want. But I might pay for the past crime because he's not I here no more.
0: Right. And here's the thing you there are some things that I'm not going to be able to heal from until I go through that again. And then I actually get to the other side. So let's get into the ten thousand dollar boyfriend with this example, because I think this is a great tangible example on where it sucks for us. And then how do we get to the other side? So here's here's what I mean by that. You and I meet. I have this in the back of my mind. One of my rules now is do not give him money. I'm not doing that. I, I, I'm not going to say never, but definitely not in a certain time frame, right? Um, I'm not doing that. I'm just not doing it. Now, if it's a five dollar burger or maybe I pay for dinners, that's not what I'm talking about but a lump sum of whatever you think you need to do whatever it is you think you got to do will not be coming from Rika Janelle Robinson. Um, And it is because of what I've been through, because I don't trust you. I don't, I'm going, and it's really sad that I'm going into my forties and I do not trust men as far as with my heart. And as far as to be the man that he's saying he is in the beginning, Oh, we about to do? I mean, I literally, the dude that I was telling you about before this, all of these conversations about are we going to how are we going to move and live in the same state are we going to buy a house together are we these literal conversations that we're having and also conversations that I'm asking you are you sure you're ready cuz he was going through a lot of stuff and it was I'm ready I'm ready I got to move on with my life and you're dope and this and that and duh, duh, duh. but then 8 months later you do what they always do <laughs> And they leave. And so that is why that's one of my rules. And I don't know that you're necessarily going to have to, quote unquote, pay for it in my actions towards you, my attitude. Like, I'm not going to have this attitude. But if you did, you know, hit a bump in the road or whatever and we're three months in, don't look at me. (laughs) You know what I mean? And I'm not even saying that you wouldn't know that. Um, I do think there's a time and a place to have that conversation and say, look, this is where I feel about situations like this. This is what I feel about finances. And I am really scared. Like, I'm not above letting you know that I am very scared and I do not believe that you are going to stay. So
1: hmm. I get it. <laughs> yeah. I get it. Yeah. And, I, you know, I've come to understand what that means and I come to understand and, and I get it because even I think you and I have this conversation, too is that I had to learn how to, when I'm in the gym, look at how long I've been in this relationship. And now moving forward, I'm looking at those things. Because me personally, in my history, I have such a give and go attitude that once we're, we're together, oh, you look out for me. All right, cool. When I get this back, that da Because I've been moving like that my majority of my life as, hey, listen, I come from a neighborhood where none of us had everything. So it was real easy for my grandma to send me down the street to borrow money from Miss Jones, and then Miss Jones come down there and be like, all right, get your grandma this money, but um, let me get y'all catch up and let me get y'all this and let me get y'all that. So I didn't necessarily have the same type of pride that some other individuals might have had because I came up under with my understanding and my universe was we all gotta make this work. I didn't I didn't look at it like that. So even at times where I help somebody, there's been times, and I told you and I shared this where there would be, I would be. My rent would be due. Somebody else's rent would be due. But because they panicking, I would give them what I'm about to give because I have more confidence that I can turn this around in 48 hours because they're already panicking. And I have to learn how to stop that because everybody doesn't move like that. And you have to also got to understand that it's not personal, but I'm not going to lie. The older we get, the harder it is. Because if I'm in that situation, like you said, and here's where the privilege come in. And I'm not trying to dictate the show, but I think I know where you're going. But here's where the privilege come in. Because you as a woman, you have a right to say that. And nobody will bat an eye about that. Because as a woman, if you tell someone what you're, you're not going to help your boyfriend, and if your boyfriend is or your man is three months in, and because he didn't get you a ring and he's not your husband, no one's going to be at fault with you on that. And you know what? To a certain degree, even if he's your husband, and you say, I'm not giving up anything, no one is really gonna look at you out like that. But as a guy, the problem that comes in when we try to fit into these modes is that as a guy, there is never a time by society standards, can I be off? Ever. I can't get laid off from work, I can't be nothing. Like I can't be down, I can't be nothing. So be and that's the problem. The problem come in, I'm a bum ass nigga. And Riga, you're more understanding in that. That's what a privilege ship that no one is talking about. You understand? And you know me, Riga. I can acknowledge the other privilege on the other way, but if we're on this subject, I have to speak about it the way I see it is that that's the privilege that you can do and no one's going to bet eye. But if the situation happened to you right. and you were down three months in, yeah. you best believe they're going to be looking at me like I'm some bum-ass dude. Why am I here? I need to look yeah. out for my woman because that's my job.
0: Yeah. No, and I get that. I get that. So... Let me. Okay. And you're right. I am taking it to, um, I don't want to struggle. Right. Um, And so we will get there. But you said, okay, I wrote it down. That's why I always have a pen. Okay, here we go. Um, uh, In your scenario, I loved when you said, you know, the mindset was, we all got to make it. We're here. We are. We're going to help each other out. I want to get there. But because of my $10,000 boyfriend, it is going to take time. It can't be date number two. We got to be somewhere further in the game. Um, Meg, you don't know her, but she graduated from Howard, I want to say, in like 2007. I had a conversation with her, and her episode airs before this one will. And when her and her dude came together, they came up with, they they basically project managed their whole life. What are we going to do if this happens? They have a trauma plan. They have a, if he loses his job plan, because life is going to happen and you may lose your job. They don't even know if they're going to raise the debt, debt ceiling by June 1st. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we don't know where this country is going. Um, and so I get. OK, so two things. Until I get to that point Of really trusting that he is really, really truthful in wanting to stay and build with me. We have to get to that place in order for me to finally get over this hump and heal, you know. Then if you did get laid off, okay. Now I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna be like, oh my God, I'm (laughs) panicking. Oh God, but I would want to treat you how I would want to be treated. Cause I, I like working. I don't want to be laid off either. When I had to quit my whole radio career, I cried for three months <laughs> because I loved being a radio person. Now, I was a radio person now and there's some problems with identifying which a job and I have to I had to work through that, but I love working. And so I would struggle. And the Bible says, love thy neighbor as thyself. And you're still my neighbor, regardless if we're, romantically involved or not so i would i want to get to a point where i can support you in that but there has to be we got to have some steps before that okay are you following does that does that does that is that unreasonable
1: no i agree but this is also why i'm somebody that and i saw jameel hill say this about her current husband she said they dated for about a year or two with no title because she said she just was letting him know off top, you know, I don't know where this is going to go or something like that. And I'm, and I'm paraphrasing. um She said in the Breakfast Club and she said in her book, this is why I do think, un- unfortunately, you do need to date for a long period of time. I know some people be on some, you need to have your mind made up by month three, but this is why because you do need to be familiar with one another. You do need to go around the block a couple of times. Because, see, the problem with the challenge with someone like me and brothers I know, like myself, once we make our mind up, we looking at it like, boom, you my woman. You know what I'm saying? And then if you're a non-traditional person and you believe in partnering and things of that nature, guess what? You are that individual's wife or you are that individual's husband. You just ain't technically go down to the courthouse yet. You know what I'm saying? But this is why you have to have conversations and this is why you have to listen to the people that are in front of you, not listen for yeah. the parts that fill in, right. you know, and not just go for the surface level conversations of, oh, this person don't got no kids. They got a good job. OK, bet. You really got to listen to who is in front of you when you're having these dinner, when you're having these conversations, when you're taking these walks in the park.
0: Especially because millennials and un- under, we don't marriage. I don't want to say value, but that's the only word I'm thinking of right now. But we don't, I guess, value. We don't see marriage like our parents did. Right. When my parents got married, it was like, OK, this is it. We riding it out. And not to say that I'm going to get married and be like, well, we can still get a divorce. No, I'm not going to be thinking of divorce, but we just think of marriage different. So I am all for the less slow build. I want a soft launch. I'm not doing a hard launch like Lizzo when she posted her and her little boyfriend. Oh, hard launch. Nope. <laughs> like, I want to go underground and figure out what we're doing first um, and figure all of that out. So, Okay. Here's another comment I said. Um, <laughs> and he was like, I don't understand why people don't think you're going to struggle. I was like, oh, goddamn, <laughs> My bad. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, oh, my God. I love you so much. Okay. In the previous conversation that I had with Dr. Tayari, her and I both said, I just, I don't want to struggle. I don't want to get in a relationship and we all struggle bus. And I mean literally financially. I don't want to do that, right? Okay. I'll go into why, but let's hear. <laughs> do you want me to say why first? Say for the me. Listeners so they understand. Okay. No, say why. So okay. So I I believe that it just comes from my experience in two different lanes. And let's see if I can remember and explain this clearly. One is I did not struggle. I had a wonderful childhood. Now, whether or not my parents were struggling and paying bills, I don't know. Black parents, they be hiding everything. Like, nothing was swept under the
1: rug. That's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> it's
0: a whole nother, I didn't even know my parents lived together before they got married. This is how secretive my parents were. I said, What? Like that would have, it's just side note. If I would have known that my parents were were lived together before they got married, that would have saved me a whole lot of trauma. But anyway, <laughs> didn't know that a lot of things that I did not know. So maybe we did, but Jemiah Rika and Giovanni, we didn't know. You know what I mean? We was taking trips to New York in a van that my dad bought that had a TV and a Nintendo in it. I had a very suburban blackish lifestyle. Um, and So I've never struggled. And that was like one of my goals, especially when I got my first job going to Indianapolis, right? Like my parents even paid for my college. When I lived in New York, I could just call my grandma. My grandma used to have her name on my bank account. and She would send me money. Um, So I don't know struggle, even on both my, my paternal and maternal grandparents who were married and till death do us part. And so just, I've never had to do that. Second, I have dated men. Like I said I was given all the chances. Lord. Um, who, if you want to call it this, I hate using this phrase, but weren't on my level when it came to um, finances uh, and, and, and and just being on top of my ish. And so I'm the girlfriend who, as I told you, would give one of my exes money when I knew we were about to go to dinner with his boys or whatever. And so I would give him a hundred bucks and be like, here you go. Cause I knew he couldn't afford it to pay for both of us out of his own pocket, probably not even pay for himself. He was trying to get in the NFL. And so, you know, I was that girlfriend and I remember how it made me feel and it may also be, be because this relationship was toxic. All of these relationships were. Um, and I I didn't like it. <laughs> like I don't like this. Like I, I am totally down with paying for dinner sometimes. You know, it, I'm 100% doing whatever we got to do to make it feel like we're equal in this relationship. But I just don't want to be the girl giving you money all the time I don't want to do that I don't um yeah and and with the caveat of I understand life is going to happen you may get laid off 10 years in but we will have already built this trust factor where I don't I'm like okay let's pray about it let's figure out what we're doing tomorrow you know what I mean like I don't two more things and then I'm gonna let you talk I know myself enough to know I don't like that situations that I'm that I was in. But I also don't know how I'm going to be in a relationship that's extremely healthy. If I'm like that, if I can give ten thousand dollars to a dude who (laughs) wasn't. Imagine what I would do for you. You know what I mean? If 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 our relationship is healthy, if I you know what I mean? Like, so I want to see that Rika, but something we have to get there. That's that. Um, and the number two is I know that I need to get to a place where I am uh, I feel I have arrived at the place that I want to be in my finances before I get into my next serious relationship. Now, we can be building while I'm doing that. I can build the walk and chew bubble gum. I can do that. But I do know, like, so I don't have to come in with the panic feeling already. Th- there's some things that I need to. Um, handle in my financial situation. So I said all of that to say for Jay Hall, I now have his moment because he said, I can't believe y'all think you ain't gonna struggle. What is this? (laughs) So yes, what is your commentary rebuttal on everything I just said?
1: So context is a lot. So there's a jay-z song that's one of my favorite whole songs of all time it's a b song b-side song it was never a single and it's called young gifted and black the first time i heard it is when he performed it i think it was at the brooklyn festival some years ago but he has a line in there it's one long freestyle it's actually a remake by big daddy kane but there's a line in there that i live by when he says quote i grew up thinking life wasn't fair unquote and it's not, the, it's not about, I want to be clear, it's not about you should be thinking somebody's going to give you money. You know, nobody should come into, well, people do, but I don't think, I don't think it's the best start of a relationship coming in thinking this person is about to give you money, right? But when we're talking about privilege, again, if this situation was in reverse and I had the money and I was just giving my woman money and my woman was to come in expecting to give me money, nobody would bat an eye. But however, that feeling that you're expressing, that's a real feeling. I think sometimes that what can be helpful is that when you had the relationships in the past and you were giving money to these gentlemen is to remember all the other things that you have stated publicly that was wrong with them toxic-wise, and understand that, and this is why money in a capitalist country plays such a part. Because even though those men had other characteristics that you've always named that were just the relationship was going to be on the demise anyway, the thing that keeps coming up is the money because that's the world that we live in, you understand? And that's 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 just the reality of, it. although you can be in a relationship, yeah. not you, where your man can be cheating all the time, you know what I'm saying, blah, blah, blah. But if he borrowed money from you, and he, or if he stole money from you or ran up your credit cards, you might remember that more than the cheating. You understand? So when it comes to stuff like that, I get that. On the other end, my attitude about nobody wants to struggle. I don't think nobody wants to financially struggle. I don't necessarily believe that everything got to be handed to you easy. And I'm not some of those people that believe that everything got to be hard to learn a lesson. Like, unfortunately, some people, when something happens to them, they'll say publicly, this is the move that God did for me. And I feel like black people feel like lessons always got to come out of pain. I'm not with that mentality. I'm No, I can learn gentle lessons or I can learn, I didn't have to yes. smoke crack to know not to <laughs> smoke it. <laughs> Right, right. I don't have to pop pills <laughs> to know that this is this, mm-hmm. just not what's mm-hmm. up. I don't need those kind of let hard lessons. But it is amazing to me when people don't think that like, unless you are uh, a person who is from Secession, the TV show, where you were born into billions of dollars. Love that show, by the way. Mm-hmm. Love it, right? They're horrible people, but I love it. And it's the one show I don't mind that there's no black people on it. <laughs>
0: right. Right.
1: I don't need black people on that show. I'm cool. It, right. I love white on white crime. It's great. Me too. Yes. Be but yes. <laughs> what I what I don't understand is unless you're born from privilege of that nature, or your last name is Buffett, how can you go through life not knowing or not thinking that life is always going to be this, this this perfect thing, or it can never, you know, it can never go there. You know, it can never be no hardship. It can be, never be nothing. And and I really, I'm I'm, I'm really. Chris Rock has this joke when he says he's not shocked by racism. He's shocked by black people who are shocked by racism. And I feel that way with people when it comes to some financial burden or some sort of challenge. I say to them, I'm looking at you. You didn't think life was going to be challenging. You didn't think as a relationship was going to be challenging. You didn't think you was ever going to have this. And maybe it's because of my background. Maybe it's because of how I grew up. Maybe it's because of what I've seen. Maybe that might play a part. But I'm not going to act like I don't know people from the hood who have that same mentality too where they just, they come from poverty and they're like, I will never be broke again. And they expect that too. So I can't even blame it on that. I just don't understand how we can go through life not thinking anything, there's not going to be no hardship. There's not going to be nothing. And you explained it to me. It's not that you, well, you kind of just said it just now. You don't want to, it's not that you don't expect it, but you so don't want to that you panic. My thing is that might be a good thing, right? I look at, I try to lean on the most optimistic part of your red alert emergency might help someone whose ceiling is high because they might not panic until he reach a certain high and you might be the person to meet them in the middle and bring them down. So I'm like, no, baby, we need to look at this. And if he trusts you like he's supposed to, he can say, oh, okay, you're right. Because he probably is so used to things being extreme before he turned the lights on that he might need you for that. And those are the things I, I feel like we're not looking at. But I'm my counter is only to this attitude, again, that men are supposed to be always on. And unless your name is on both sides of the check, anybody can lose it. And got, it don't have to be losing your job through layoffs, although that's what's been happening. It can be financial things that happen out of the way, you know, where your money gets messed up and you don't have it, it can be the fact that you had to max out every credit card to go to this job interview in London or whatever the case may be, and then you didn't get the job. It can be all, it can, life has a way of giving you so many things that you claim that you plan for and it doesn't. I mean, how many times do people go through stuff and they, they tornadoes? I mean, how long, how many tornadoes had to tear down houses before they got tornado insurance? So, my, my, my counter to that is just, is to bring it to a close is just, To go into it not understanding that these things can happen. And what I'm saying is a woman publicly can choose to say, oh, I got laid off. It's cool. My man going to take care of me. Or I want to choose to be a housewife and everything is cool. And I'm saying by societal standards, a man doesn't have that option. Right. He doesn't doesn't have that option by no means.
0: No. And I 100% agree with that. And I hope we get over that. I, I hope we... Yeah. Because even when men say, oh, I'm a stay at home dad. We like, why? (laughs) You know, like we we look at y'all like you crazy. Something's wrong with you. So that I am in 100 percent agreeance on. My question to you is, do you think a man or anyone, I guess, but let's talk about black men. If they are struggling financially, should they be dating?
1: So, I mean, I think you can, but you're going to have to be honest as hell. You know, you're going to have to be vulnerable and honest as hell. And some brothers ain't willing to do that. You know, I'm, I'm for me, I, I mean, I can only speak from my personal experience. I'm very upfront about what I can't do and what I can't do. I tell that to my you, mans. like right. when we go out, I, you, you want to go here? Because I ain't got it. I'm not. I'm not. And even sometimes when I even sometimes when I have it. I'm not spending no money to get inside no place, right? Like I, I'm very firm about what I'm going to spend my money on, when I'm budgeting, and things you know like that. But as far as should they be dating, I mean, it depends. You can see, Rika. My personal opinion: you have a right to do whatever the hell you want. Just know there's going to be a circumstance to it. Just be aware. Yeah. yeah. To bring it back to what we were saying about Ebony, it's just that if you're aware that these things exist. Mm-hmm. Don't hold the standards too high. Yes, as a guy, if you are struggling financially, you can still go out and have company. But also, you're going to have to understand that that woman is not entitled to do anything for you, bro. Nothing at all. And if no. she wants to choose to not date you no more because of that, you going on an IG rant about, these women don't know a good man, and you should be with me. No, she don't have to be with your ass because you're struggling. Yeah. She don't have to meet you at the bottom. That whole story they were telling us when we were kids, you want somebody to meet somebody when you broke man oh. please <laughs> it, it's nice it's not listen men men get fed these disney themes also too you know where a woman might get fed the disney theme that a, a prince is going to come save you men get fed these disney themes that the only way you can trust a woman is when you're at your bottom and that's not true that's not true trust is trust you're either going to build trust or you're not so as a man Some people might tell you not to date because you don't have, you know, whatever. But listen, you might come across somebody and y'all might just enjoy each other's company. That might be the person you might have to see and socialize with. But if you're going to go out with somebody who likes to go out where there's a whole bunch of bread to be spent. Then no.
0: I'm just going to go back to. I want you to write this down. Listening, you listening. J-Hall says she don't have to meet you at the bottom. Is that what you said? Yeah, she do not have, she to, meet don't have to meet you at the bottom. No. Thank you for saying that because no. I that is what is put on us. Everybody loves to tell that story about, yeah, well, I was gonna say Tia and uh, to her now ex husband, lord have mercy, but they love using those stories. Well, Tia met uh, Corey when he didn't have a dime to his name and she had she already had the T and Tamara show and, da, 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 and she wrote it out with him and blah 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 she was also 21, maybe 19. I'm not sure. Anyway, or definitely under 23, right? I'm 40. (laughs) This podcast is dropping 20 days before my birthday, before my 40th birthday. I am not meeting you at the bottom. I'm just, I'm not doing that. Okay. And the men that I did meet, quote unquote, at the bottom, it's not even about the money, Jay, because honestly, if you have this saying, what is it? Please correct me if I'm wrong, but it's it's not what you do is it's
1: how you do it. Right. I said I lean more on how you did something versus what was done. There we go.
0: It's how they did it. So I have to pull out of you why my credit card has been ran up. Ten thousand dollars. I didn't think it was going to be. It's not like he asked for $10,000 or I offered $10,000. I offered to help him move. I don't think that it cost you $10,000 to move from DC to Seattle. I just don't. But he did it and he was running up things that we did not speak about. And so there was no pulling me along the journey. So I just wanna know, yes, put me in the game coach, but what's the play? Yes. And then when you change the play, like Russell did, and we don't win the Super Bowl, then I hate you for life. No, I'm kidding. Um, But when you just change the play out of nowhere, and then you, I had to. I just go Hawks (laughs) because Russell changed the play. We know that, right? Everybody is everybody aware? No, that was
1: no, that was Pete Carroll's play
0: that Russell changed.
1: Yeah, Russell changed
0: that exactly. They were supposed to give it to Marshawn.
1: Then we get the touchdown, and that would have been our second Super Bowl. Your coach told people publicly that was his play from the start. Was he just protecting Russell? Is he that what was, was
0: protecting Russell. Okay,
1: okay. I, I, okay.
0: Yeah, he, okay. which is great. Ca- okay, this is all speculation, okay? <laughs> but through Richard Sherman's commentary, that's a backdoor diss on Russell and some other things that have been said. We have all now come to the conclusion in the city of Seattle that russell did that and good for Pete. he 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 protect i'm the coach i'ma protect my son so let me just do that right okay Okay. so (laughs) this is not a sports podcast just (laughs) so (laughs) but yeah so when you change the play on me that's where i get pissed so it's not that you got laid off it's not that you wanted you changed your mind on something fine even if you change your mind on wanting to be with me, cool. I guess. Let me know though. Instead of me having to go, what's wrong? You've been distant lately. You've been di-. and I get it, distant for a day, whatever. But distance for a week, like what? Do, are we together? Or are we not together? Like, you know what I mean? What's the plan here? And so, if there, yeah. Anyway.
1: Okay. No, if I okay. if I could, um, you know, I've made. So many mistakes as an individual. So you know me, Rika. I never try to come on anybody's platform. Before I even tell a dude about being F-boy, I always say what my F-boy credentials was. So I'll be speaking from a perspective, right? I've made financial mistakes because I don't come from money. So if you give me a car and I'm traveling it and I'm eating and listen, I'm 245. I eat. I don't know. <laughs> if I would not have made the same mistake. Now, this is just on the surface, right? I'm not trying to break down what the credit thing was. But my thing is, yes, communication does have to be key. You do have to be honest. Listen, if you F up, you have to apologize. Yo, baby, I didn't know my fault. I wish you would have told me. And, And the part that I underestimated, this is the part where I say it's F up for us. Because when I was in a similar situation, not to that degree, but with the response that the woman I was in a relationship with was she thought I would get angry. And I said, well, why would, why would I get angry? It's yours. You know, I didn't know this was happening, why? but this was her past experience. Guys had flipped it on her when she helped them and then they had flipped it on her. And I didn't understand that impact. And that's, and that part is not right. And you know what I'm saying? Like that's the part that's not right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. When you say it sucks for all of us, it's so true. Cause here's what I expect to happen. You, me and you meet. You all into me, whatever, whoop, whoop, whoop. It's cool for three months. We're getting to know each other. You're promising all of these things, um, colorful language. It's, I think we're building together. But then once I make you see yourself and I start asking you questions because I'm getting this gut feeling, my God voice. And I'm like, I, I noticed that y- this behavior has changed. I notice you don't call me as much anymore. I notice these things and I make you see yourself. You go, oh my God, you have a two together and you run. That's what I expect. That's that is just unfortunately my expectation for men now. And so that's why I'm saying there's gonna have to be a time barrier. I don't know what that time is. I don't like putting time on something, but I'm gonna tell you what, it ain't gonna be three months. <laughs> <laughs> it might not even be six. You know I what I mean? It. Like I I don't trust you. I don't.
1: But I listen, I think that's okay. Me personally, I think yeah. we all learn things as we move. Yeah. And and listen, if that's what's going to take you into your next journey you as a friend i support you on that and yeah. i hope it works for you
0: well thank you okay so let me look at my notes i feel like we got to everything except for no i do want you to explain this comment ebony is not our friend okay so obviously this whole podcast stemmed from a whole ebony k viral moment conversation with Ayanna. Then you listen to uh, myself and Dr. Tayari. You told me (laughs) Ebony K. Williams is not y'all's friend, okay? Because we were sticking up for her. I love me some Ebony K. Um, Did I agree? Is her comment a representation of me? No, because you don't have to own the bus. That don't matter to me. Um, But why is she not our friend?
1: Uh, Well, first of all, you know, I never had the privilege of meeting Ebony. I think Ebony is just a dope person. You know, I love her commentary, her podcast. I love what she's doing with the Rio. You know, I think she's sharp. She got everything together. So she don't need no type of opinion from me at all. But the part where I was feeling like she wasn't your friend, based upon the conversation you were having with Dr. Tayari, is her name? I'm sorry. Tayari. Tayari. (laughs) Tayari. Dr. Tayari. The conversation you all were having and something that doesn't get talked about enough it was really about Ebony's rebuttal that really was making the stir the pot stir more is this in her rebuttal of saying this is white supremacy saying i want to pull you up you know you judging me as white supremacy and actually capitalism is white supremacy you stating you don't want to date a bus driver based and he has the own the bus that is under the guise of white supremacy also and when the conversation you were having on the podcast when you were saying you know black women get charged for this black women get charged for that and i was saying she's not your friend because she was using the umbrella that yes a lot of black women have been through of when you reference men shooting you down or having this visceral attitude towards you when it comes to your your standards but the reality of it is, is that you just want a rich man who happens to be black. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I just don't think that's the same thing. I'm okay with you wanting a rich man who happens to be black. I'm okay with you wanting what you want. What I'm not okay is with people in general use a crisis that we as a culture are all discussing. And then they want to say, hey, yo, this is this is you know this is racism too. i I give you a real small example. I got a little homie who I mentor all the time. And I remember when he was getting yelled at at work for being late. And he was telling me it was because, you know, white people are sneaky and racist. And I said, no, you haven't lived or experienced whiteness enough to make that commentary. Your ass has just been late because he was. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But he was trying to use something that we all use. And this is me, this is Jay, who fights against racism all the time with my voice. But I was like, that's not the case, little homie. Your ass just been late right and i feel like people start young and they carry that into adulthood so when i say yo she ain't your friend in the conversation that you two were having no i don't think that was the same issue i don't i don't think that i think that she in her rebuttal was more clear about it but she was using all those things as scapegoats instead of just plainly sticking to what you just feel like you feel because they're going to be upset at your choices anyway It wasn't going to be a perfect response. Let's be clear about that. You could have said you wanted to be somebody at the bottom, and somebody would have barked on you. They would have said, this is the problem with black women always choosing people from the bottom. They're always going to have something to say. But the problem is, is that when you try to use these universal things and now you want to bring in the sisterhood or it's just, who was that gentleman that we did? I can't remember his name. But he was uh, he's getting sued right now. He was a CEO of this media company. And then once he got sued, he was like, well, this is a black owned media company. But he never advertised himself as a black owned media company. Um, And I can't remember his name It was just recently. But that's the problem. Right. Like, don't now pull these cards. Gotcha. Because you got checked in what you got checked in. Handle (laughs) your mess the way you want to handle your mess.
0: Right. So what I heard you saying um, when we had this conversation is there there should have been two conversations going on. Um, one was what I as Ebony K Williams prefers. This is it. Okay. Two was there's this issue in the black community about us always being at the bottom and being the underbelly of America's workforce. And I would like to change that. And this is how I would like to do it. And she didn't have that conversation. She was using, uh, you know i said he wanted to uh, i he needs to own something because we're always the the bus drivers and the waitresses and waiters and i don't want that for us
1: no but I rica you, and been. you but rica yeah. me and you had these discussions we're, mm-hmm. we are a small business owners. you can become a business owner and then your pay can be cut Get- because now you are irresponsible <laughs> it doesn't make it where you got the money that's why when people had that attitude with I think when B. Simone says she can only date entrepreneurs because they ain't gonna understand it, and it's like, no, just say you want a rich person. Because Mm -hmm. honestly, a lot of entrepreneurs are walking around struggling with their money because being becoming an entrepreneur doesn't make you rich.
0: No, I gross money, but I don't net. Yes, so 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 again, is it net or gross?
1: Let's take home pay. (laughs) my, My thing is is. Listen, if they're going to be upset, they're going to be upset. Unless you're just trying to have a viral moment, but just say you want a rich man. Listen, I wouldn't mind dating a rich woman. I was in love with Halle Berry at 12 years old. I still love Halle Berry. I still love Halle Berry. You know what I'm saying? And she's rich. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not mad at that situation. But when you try to take these other things that are going on in the community, these real issues that everyday women and everyday men are going through, and then you try to say like a, it's like a meet, you're trying to be like, oh, well, me too. That's, mm-hmm. that's not what it is. That's a separate thing. Yeah. That's a separate thing altogether.
0: And that could have been in her rebuttal. But the problem was the way Ayama asked the question. There wasn't room for that type of answer um, unless you would have changed the whole subject, I guess. Um, but. Yeah, I think that more people probably would have respected. Well, no, no, they wouldn't have, because the internet's the internet. You say you want a rich man, they still gonna be mad. So, with that, thank you so much for being on my podcast. I appreciate these conversations with black men because I love y'all so much, um, and you're dope. So, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Single You, the podcast. Did you learn something? Was it a positive experience from you? Did it make you think in a different way? I want to know that. So can you do me a favor? Can you leave me a review? I know that on Apple Podcasts, you can definitely leave a comment and a five-star review. I think you can on Spotify, but I'm not sure about the other platforms. But on Apple Podcasts, it's simple. All you got to do is say, Rika, I learned something or I loved it when you said X, Y, and Z. Or you could say, your guest said X, Y, and Z, and I loved it. You hit submit, five-star. I review, boom, then I get the review. I see it. And it helps me play the algorithm game. Okay. The more comments and reviews that I get, the more that these platforms push my podcast up for more women like you to listen to this podcast. You can go a step further and you can even share this podcast with a friend. If you're like, yo, my friend would love this episode or would learn from this episode. It would be positive for her. Can you share it, please?